Welcome to Those Catholic Shrinks with Lisa and Regina, your favorite podcast about mind, body, and soul. Hello, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Those Catholic Shrinks with Lisa and Regina. Today's podcast is, dude, where's our romance? (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Dude, where's my romance? I know. So today's podcast is all relationship, which I'm excited about. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially for those of you who's wondering, where did the romance go? Mm-hmm. We're here to help. We're going to talk about it today. But first, I want to know, Lisa. Oh, what am I drinking? <laughs> what are you drinking? I, well, I can actually have this today because I didn't have coffee in the morning. Nice. So I get my nice caffeine hit from my mango black tea. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I love it. With other natural flavors. <laughs> Those being blackberry leaves, hibiscus, and candula petals. I have no idea what a candula petal is. You know, um, I don't know either, but I did have a soap once with candula in it, oh. and I really enjoyed it. So I'm guessing floral? Yeah, so it. I think it has some type of healing, like regenerative for your skin type of property. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's natural, so it's good. Yeah, it's natural. It's great. But I love black tea every once in a while. It's like like coffee, but without feeling like you're drinking like engine fuel. Right. You don't get the jitters. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a nice slower energy. Yes. And it's a fruity black tea, so it's kind of a nice combo between herbal and black. If Mm -hmm. you're unsure... About black tea. And my guess is everybody, if you've been listening to our episodes at this point, you probably know where I got it. (laughs) Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. (laughs) You guys know us so well. I know. I love it. Yeah, so I'm actually really excited about this topic. I always get excited about relationship stuff. Yeah. Um, But I think this is a good question because I think it's something a lot of times people don't want to talk about like maybe you'll talk about this with like a good friend Mm -hmm. um and you just kind of assume that you're alone in it where it's all of a sudden you wake up one day and it's like where did the romance go in our relationship Mm -hmm. um and it's funny you and I were talking about it prior to the to recording is that it doesn't necessarily have to be just marriage either it can be if you've been dating for an extended period of time Mm -hmm. a lot of this can apply to that as well um and I think you know, my brain as a, as a counselor immediately wants to say, okay, well, like, let's, let's put this into categories. Let's think about this. And I think when you notice the romance is kind of faded in your relationship, there's two different possibilities in my mind, which is that there's a general rhythm to life. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes just in your life, there isn't a lot of room for romance, a lot right. of time for that, right. um, depending on where you are within your life. And then sometimes it's a sign of a deeper issue. Right. And so with the rhythm of life, I'm thinking like, yeah, when you first get engaged and right after you get married, like the romance is huge. It's like the number one thing. It's the thing you're most excited about. There's so right. much passion and fire. Right. You know, and then, um, you know, everybody talks about, oh, the honeymoon fade eight phase ends right right you know, or you get the five-year itch right or like right. there's so many different like euphemisms mm-hmm. for these and I'm pretty sure like you can find a euphemism for each like year of marriage probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh, I thought it used to be the seven-year itch and then it oh, became it? six and now it's five. Oh, great yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's well, 
That's very interesting. Well, I'm past all of those, so is that hopeful? (laughs) I hope that's hopeful. (laughs) We made it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm just thinking of things like, so yeah, like, definitely getting married at the beginning in the honeymoon phase is the one most people think of. Mm -hmm. But then I think, too, like, sometimes there's there's the phase of life, and this can even be before you have children, Mm -hmm. where... Say you both get new jobs at the same time. Right. And you're both really intensely focused on that. Right. And it can be a rhythm of life either from like week to week or it can be from month to month. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of um, of couples where maybe one of the, the people travels for work and they have to travel once a, once a month. Right. One week out of the month they're traveling. Right. So, yeah, like you might notice that things kind of ebb and flow and fade. Or someone has different working hours. Somebody works yes. a night shift or a really early morning shift where they have to be to work by mm-hmm. you know 5 a.m. So that adjusts bedtimes. That adjusts you know when you're home together at the same mm-hmm. time. If somebody else has the 9 to 5 and you have the 5 to whatever, yeah. 4 or whatever. So it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And I think the huge one that everybody else knows is children. (laughs) Yes. That is definitely a different rhythm of life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And even within children, you know, you've got like, oh, I have teenagers. So, yeah, there's probably a little bit more room for romance when you have uh, teenagers. Mm -hmm. I have a newborn. Yeah, there's no time for romance when you have a newborn. (laughs) My baby is... A week old. Why is there no romance in my life? I can tell you exactly why there's no romance in your life. It's very clear why there's <laughs> and And I think what's important is, is it is important to look at, are there external factors to your relationship, to the way you communicate, the way you interact with one, one another, the patterns you have? Mm-hmm. Are there external factors that are maybe affecting this? Right. Um, versus is there some kind of deeper relationship issue going on? Right. And I think that's an imper- important first step is mm-hmm. to examine that. Right. Because that's going to kind of dictate where do we go from here. Right. You know? If it's something that's seasonal or a rhythm of life issue, it'll be very clear because when you attempt to reconnect and make that connection, it should be very simple. It should be easy. Mm-hmm. You're both on board. You definitely are interested in reconnecting and having that romance. But if for some reason you keep trying and it seems like it's constantly a miss and never a hit, yeah, then that could be a sign that there's a deeper issue going mm-hmm. on. It's not necessarily the circumstance, right, of, oh, no, it's been three weeks and we haven't had any romance because we have a newborn Yeah, alone, but have we not had romance and we've attempted Yes, and it still hasn't worked for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And, and the external factors are not the only reason why. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's good because it kind of helps with some of that anxiety that comes with this because mm-hmm. I think especially coming from the perspective of a woman you know immediately we go into like there must be something wrong <laughs> you know um, and sometimes it's it's important to to tell yourself like no it's okay this is the season of life we're in mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that we can't work towards a solution mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean there's that deeper problem but like you're saying have you tried and it's failed and you've tried again and it's failed like Okay, you've got a one-month-old at home, and right. you go out on a date, and you're like, why aren't we connecting? It's like, right. okay, it's your first date since you, like, 
brought a new human being into the world. Right. Give it a minute. It's okay. Right. <laughs> you have a third person that needs attention at the date, right? Yeah. <laughs> or not. Or you're out and you're, mm-hmm. your minds are a little frazzled. And, yeah. Right. And giving it, have you given, sometimes it's have you given this new thing that you're trying to add romance in, have you given it time to work too? Mm-hmm. So kind mm-hmm. of giving things, giving things a minute and being patient and kind to yourself and kind to your relationship and saying, right. You know, sometimes change is really hard. Another big life event is um, a death in the family. Mm. So if you've had recently lost someone, a lot of times that'll really impact romance. And people will find it'll take a month or two before mm-hmm. they can find that that space in their heart for romance again. Mm. And so they'll try to go out on a date and it's like, this didn't work. This fell flat. Right. And then they'll try it again a week later. This fell flat. And mm. it's like, okay, maybe your heart actually needs room for that grieving process. Right. Um, but again, it's, it's coming at it and saying, is this an external thing that's happening? Or is there something inherent to our relationship and the way we're interacting with one another? Mm. And sometimes you need time. To see what that is. Right. Don't like jump the gun and say like, well, that was a bad date. Our relationship must be going south. Right. <laughs> Sometimes right. bad dates are just bad dates. Right. <laughs> We've all been on them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even with our spouses. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do. I think it, it's really important to, to look at romance fading. Is it an external factor or is it something deeper with the relationship? Mm-hmm. And so I think the next question is um, how do we put the romance back in? Yes. What do we do about it? Yes. If we are very unhappy with our marriage or relationship mm-hmm. and yeah, we see that romance fading, what do we do? How, how do, do we do fix it? it? Yeah. And I think that's why it's important we ask that first question. Because depending on whether it's external factor or deeper relationship issue or a combo of the two, mm-hmm. um, that's going to determine what the next step is. Right, right. And so I think that we as counselors would 100% say, if you think that there's some deeper relationship issue or pattern happening, um, counseling is probably your number one best best right. next step. Right, absolutely. And even if not, I mean, counseling can be used as a preventative measure too. So even if true. you're very satisfied with how things are, and you just need some ideas of how to put romance back in. Yeah. I think for sure. Why not? Go, go to counseling yeah. for a couple months. A few, six sessions, eight sessions, you're done, you know? Yeah. Um, or if it's a deeper issue, you might be spending more time than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I actually, um, I have a, a friend who she says, like, she and her husband actually give each other counseling sessions as gifts to one another. <laughs> wow. Yeah, isn't that great? That's interesting. They love them. They call them booster sessions. So, like, sometimes, you know, we just need a booster session. So we go in and we're like, this is great. It's <laughs> investing in our relationship and we love each other better afterwards. And I'm like, that's great. I wish, like, everybody did that. I wish I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great idea. I know. That's a great idea. But I never thought of that. You're absolutely right. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes it's just, hey, Where'd the romance go? Right. Yeah, let's, maybe we could talk to a counselor about it. Right, exactly. Absolutely. Three heads are better than two sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So I would definitely say if you think it's a deeper issue, probably either going to see a counselor or maybe going to see um, your priest and doing a, a marriage ses- session with your priest. Priests right. don't get to do that very often. And a lot of them really love doing marriage stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I know a couple of priests that we know that, 
love to talk to couples. Mm. So they don't want to talk to you just before you get married. Sometimes they want to talk to you after too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then if it is more of the, I think, external factors, you know, a rhythm of life kind of thing. I don't think it, it just has to be, well... We've got a two-month-old, so this is just how life is. Right. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would say that the number one solution solution um, is intentionality. Is that I think the world sells us on this idea that if it, in order for it to be real love, in order for it to be real passionate romance, that you don't have to plan it out. Mm-hmm. That it's always spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to try. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And I get that a lot. Well, with real love, it, it should just happen. It mm-hmm. should just happen. Right. Like this belief that like romantic love is always going to be the way it was at the beginning. Right. You know, and I think that's completely untrue. Absolutely. Um, and in fact, the healthiest marriages and relationships that I know of are the ones where people bring intentionality to it. Yeah. And say, this is what I want this relationship to look like. This is what I want us to be doing. And so we're, we are going to talk about making that happen. Right. We're going to talk about it? Oh, that seems like <laughs> That's opposite. not romantic. It's <laughs> not romantic at all. No, um, I agree with you, though, because I, I, you know, I tell my couples this all the time, like, in the beginning of a relationship, it's very exciting. You have butterflies, right? And so it's almost if you have this analogy of a river, right? So we're starting out with whitewater rafting. It's exciting. Mm. It's bubbly. We're all over the place. We don't really know. And eventually, you know, you go down a few falls. You go down. And eventually, it quiets down. You get to the end, and everything's calmer. The river widens up at some point. It's mm. deeper. And so even though... By appearances, it seems like nothing exciting is happening in your relationship, but you've actually gotten to a stage where you have a much deeper quality level Mm -hmm. to your relationship. And so people often panic when they get to that place (laughs) and they think, oh no, all the romance is gone, something's wrong. And it's like, actually, you've succeeded and you've made it to a point where you have a level of depth that doesn't come just from, you know, going out on a few dates after just meeting someone. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) But it reminds me, actually, it reminds me of that, um, that, that saying, still waters run deep. Yes. Like 100%, you're right. On the surface, it's like nothing's happening here. Mm -hmm. But like, that's where you find the real depths of love. Right. You have a lifetime or years of life mm-hmm. together that are under the surface that mm-hmm. have built and you know that's the activity is that's going on underneath yeah exactly and in fact just watching planet earth the other day they were talking about how white waters actually really can't sustain a lot of life Ooh. that they're over oxygenated <gasps> that there's so much movement going on that it can't really sustain a lot of like teeming wildlife oh my gosh that it's only when you get to the slower waters the deeper waters that nutrients can come in mm. and that it can sustain all these crazy like wonderful like plants and fish and frogs and all these other things and that you actually get more life wow. in those places than you do in those where you, you think there's all of this activity but and it's not to say that the beginning of your relationship can't sustain life <laughs> analogy fades there a little bit but I do think that's interesting. And like, I 
thinking about that though it makes so much sense like as you move into your marriage like that's when you're able to bring children into the world and that's when you're able to start to bring more life into your relationship both like in terms of romance and actual life right comes into your relationship kind of naturally that way absolutely that's really cool that is really cool i love that um all right so we're talking about intentionality yes what are some ways that we can intentionally bring romance in if we do find ourselves in maybe one of those rhythms of life where there's not as much time right and there's you don't have as much of the energy level Mm -hmm. and so you know okay so it's not going to happen naturally and easily so i need Mm -hmm. to kind of put forth the effort and make this happen so what are some of those intentional ways well i definitely think you know finding ways to spend time so for example, like a date night or something. Mm-hmm. And how you have to be intentional about it is make sure you schedule it. Yes. Right? So I know a lot of couples who pick a day of the week, right? Every mm-hmm. Tuesday is date night. Does that mean you have to go to a five-star restaurant and spend hundreds of dollars? No, mm-hmm. not at all. So, you know, if you're in that early stage of raising children where kids are in bed and you don't feel like you can afford a babysitter or don't want to go out, Right. You can make Tuesday night at home in your living room a date night, mm-hmm. but you, you're very intentional about maybe, you know, the meal you make for dinner for each other mm. or what you do together instead of just watching television, maybe yeah. or asking each other questions or playing a board game or yep. just doing something a little bit different than what you normally do on yeah. your other nights of the week. Absolutely. Maybe wait until the kids go to bed before you eat dinner. Exactly. Like feed them dinner, and then it's just us time. Exactly. Yeah, but that's why with the intentionality, like mm-hmm. that requires prior planning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't um, do that spontaneously. Yeah, and if you do have one of those work schedules, say you don't have kids, and you do have one of those work schedules where you're working opposite shifts. Right. Like you do have to say, okay, where are we going to find this time for a date night? Right. And that maybe that means like right now you say, okay, after that podcast, yes, we're going to find that time. Right. And that might mean, like, you're going to have to schedule it, like, a month out. Mm -hmm. I mean, but again, we're talking rhythm of life. Right. Maybe it's breakfast. Maybe it's Ah, drop the kids off at school and all of a sudden you have an hour window before each of you has to go to work or Mm -hmm. something like that. You just just make that your time. Right. Yeah. Or a weekend. You know, there's Mm -hmm. lots of options. One one of the things that you were talking to me about before we started recording, which I thought was really interesting, you were talking about the first four minutes. Yes. Talk to me about that. So um, I heard a psychologist say this once, mm-hmm. that the first four minutes of when you both get home, so when spouses get home, determines how the rest of the evening will go. So, mm-hmm. for example, if somebody comes home really irritable because they got cut off or they're upset about something that happens at work, or the kids are freaking out in the middle of a tantrum, (laughs) something, you know, that can determine how the rest of your day goes. Or is Mm -hmm. there intentionality about greeting each other when you walk through the door, Mm. Um, asking how your day was, spending those first four minutes as a quick check-in, something, um, to sort of feel connected. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's a great thing to practice because everybody can sort of find a way to find four minutes. And even if you don't, I mean, it would be great to set a timer (laughs) and try it out. But even if you don't make it a full four minutes, I think even if you got one minute in Mm -hmm. where you were able to have that intentional time of 
checking in and having that moment of connection of this is, I just want to know about you. I want to know yeah. about how your day was. I want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I want to share with you how yeah. mine was and just have a quick little exchange. Yeah. It can set the tone and really change, you know, your how your evening goes. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the image I have in my head is like, two trains that were on different tracks that are converging on one another. Mm. And it's like, okay, if you don't stop, take a moment and like hook the trains up into one train. Right. They're going to crash into each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because we all have had those times where you come home from work and you've had a terrible day. Right. And the other person's great and it's like, I'm like slightly angry at you for having <laughs> such a wonderful day. And the other person's like, I didn't know you had a bad day. I was I supposed to know that? Whereas, like, if you see it as, like, okay, we're coming together, and this is our moment to come together. Right. And, again, we're not leading parallel lives. We're leading one life together. Mm -hmm. So how can we connect with one another? Like, literally connecting trains. Right. And saying, okay, if you've had a bad day, how can I support you in that? Exactly. Or if I come home from work and, like, oh, that baby's clearly melting down. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I support you in that? Exactly. Or if we've, okay, we've both had really bad days. This is, so we're going to have to be really, like, kind and gentle with both of each other right. as the day moves on. Right, you exactly. Know? Or if your child is melting down, right, push pause and have your four minutes <laughs> after we've contained the meltdown. <laughs> I love it. But again, you know, I think it's all about how focused and intentional you are. Yeah. It. Is it a priority or is it not? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things when I was thinking about this was... Um, that I think it's also interesting because it's like, okay, so sometimes you have time for dates, sometimes you don't, um, the first four minutes. But then what about all the in-between time when you see one another? Right. And I think what's interesting is it might be good to look at, um, I don't know if we talked about this yet in the podcast, but about what's your love language. Mm. So we all have ways that we communicate and express love, you know. And so this is a whole podcast unto itself. Yes. But kind of briefly, um. Do we communicate love through physical touch is one way that people do it, through words of affirmation, um, through quality time, through um, acts of service, like doing things for somebody is a way to either express or receive love, um, or gifts. giving of gifts. Thank yes. you. I hope. It's always <laughs> the last one that I... Um, so there's a great book out there, The Five Love Languages, um, and it's really helpful to kind of maybe take... You can t- take tests online, too. Um, to find out what each of your partner's love languages are, because that's something you can weave throughout the day, yes, too. Yes. You know, so my love language is words of affirmation, so I love to give love that way. So even when Andy and I are apart, because, you know, I mean, the work day is right. ideally eight hours long, but <laughs> sometimes it's more like 25 hours long. Um, so how can I introduce more romance when we're apart from one another for long stretches of time? I can send him messages right. and tell him, hey, I just want to let you know I love you. Right. I can leave him notes inside of things. So right. that's one way that I love to give that. And he knows that about me. And so he knows, oh, I just got a note from Lisa. That's her way of telling her, telling me she loves me. Right. Or, you know, Andy loves, he, one of his is acts of service. So he loves to do things for me. So actually recently he knew we have this awful wood pile in the backyard which is by wood pile I mean an area of the yard where we would throw all the the like wood that came, that fell out of the tree so it looked horrible and I was like man I really wish we had like a firewood stand and so one Saturday 
Like, I come out, and he's, like, I hear hammering, and he's building a firewood stand. And I know 100%. This was not his, like, top priority on his to-do list. But it was his way of kind of introducing, like, hey, I love you. We need to move the house forward and, like, actually make some changes here. So he built me a firewood stand, which also equated to I love you, which is a way to kind of introduce romance in. So the five love languages would be a great way to kind of, if you have a paucity of time, you don't have a lot of time, Mm -hmm. that's a great way to kind of add that in in and throughout. Yeah, just being aware of the dynamics and paying attention to ways to Mm -hmm. share your love. Maybe the way the person's communicating it to you or ways you can increase like telling them right you know in their language or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's just a a couple of ways so hopefully by now you feel like okay I, I think I can find the romance <laughs> you're not saying dude where to go but hopefully you can implement some of these and <laughs> you'll feel like oh there it is it's, there been, it is. it's been here all along yeah or if you notice like oh it's an ebb it's like it's okay there's a rhythm to life. <laughs> Can ease some of your anxiety. <laughs> Relationships aren't easy, but I think one of the number one lessons is intentionality. Yes. It's okay to be intentional. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.